0: Vera
1: Payne. San Francisco-based DJ and producer, The Indigo Child, brings a unique style to dance music with electronic synths and powerful beats. He joins me to discuss his latest track, Come Back to Me, and his journey in music. Thanks for joining me, Indigo.
0: Good afternoon, Mason. How you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you taking time out from your day for doing this. I want to start out with, like, what got you into being a DJ?
0: Let me clarify. I'm to all the DJs out there Because there's some amazing DJs that, That's what they do I'm more so of, I kind of DJ my own music It's kind of a cheat code But yeah, you know Obviously in electronic music We DJ our own music And stuff like that But yeah I mean, I've been into it Since like the 90s You know um, Some of the classics That came out during that time That inspired me You know I, I, I really got into it G G D. Diagostino You know Right, L'Amour, Toujours. Are you familiar with that song?
1: No, I'm not.
0: Yeah, they actually feature that song in a movie called Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. It's at the very end, it's the last track that plays during the credits. That was like my first dance song that was like, oh, I liked it. I think I want to make this. <laughs> you should definitely check it out. It's, it's, you, I'm sure you're familiar with the song already, you know. And then Stardust, you know, Daft Punk. So, all those artists. As I was growing up in the 90s, I was like, oh, like this, that was like inspiration for me to really get into dance music and dabble a little bit in DJing. You know, I had to get more into it later on in life because obviously, you know, dance music, you got to be able to play everything. You got to learn how to do all the technical stuff. So, but yeah, I try to, I try to think of myself more than just, you know, DJ, you know.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, too, because I read that you worked with a lot of hip-hop and rap artists. How did that come about?
0: I started my, my life in Jersey City, Newark, New Jersey, and those areas in the Tri-State area, and surprisingly, when I was coming up, you know, obviously, New York, you know, New Jersey, Tri-State, it's is very hip-hop oriented. That's the biggest culture out there, you know, and... I I was very fortunate. Um, I grew up in a place called Summit Plaza in Jersey City. And one of my neighbors was Akon. And, like, you know, they lived in my plaza. So they were a lot older than me. But I got a chance to go to their studio and, like, see some of Akon's producers. And I got to meet Akon probably twice. I was around those folks and a lot of rappers. Well, that's how I got into hip-hop, you know, Uh, and I just, that was my first, that was my first start into producing, making tracks, I started posting videos online of me making like hip-hop tracks, I was really inspired by like a lot of the producers that were making tracks online, the MPC sampling, it's kind of how that went, you know, that was the beginning of me getting serious with music.
1: Now I know for many producers that that I know personally, when it when they do tracks for like hip hop or rap artists, there's a lot of sampling from like disco, maybe like '70s or '80s pop, some even some funk in there. Um, has that spilled over into how you do music now?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now, like my latest track, uh, "Come Back to Me," you know, it has a sample from a group called First Choice. It's from you know, 60s, 70s era. And, yeah, I mean, all these influences translate into my music now. Um, it just sounds different, but it's definitely been a huge influence on how I create music, how I hear music. A lot of times, uh, in most of my tracks, sometimes I will play sense and sample the sense and then resample, like play it as a sample within the track. So, it's an original track, which I sample sounds, and then like I'll bring it into like my MPC, and that you know my music production center. It's like a drum machine, and then I'll resample those parts, and it just sounds different. And all those techniques it comes from my hip hop background, you know, my my humble beginnings.
1: Now, were there any difficulties transitioning from producer to like a DJ? Did I know like when you're working by yourself, it's kind of a... I think it's a little bit easier, but it's harder, too, because you're your own worst critic versus when you're working with people, you have to really take into account what their style is. Is it any type of like transitional period where you got kind of uh, messed up through it?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, when you're when you're just producing, right, and or a beat maker or most of the startup has beat makers and then eventually we have to become producers the more we get into it and the more serious we get about it. In order to succeed, I really do feel like you have to become a producer mindset. And, you know, when I was just making tracks for like rappers and stuff like that, it was easy to just be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I got my melody, I got my kick drums, and like, you're done. Like, you know, everything is the format and you kind of just hand it off, right? Where when I started making my own, you know, I'm going to be the artist now. I'm the electronic artist now. You know, the pressure's on you to, to really make that track whole. And, and it's still the same thing, actually, now, because when I work with singers, I have to mold those visions together, and I have to guide it, and they guide me, and, you know, we have to still work together. So I'm still very much working with artists, but when you're making, like, the tracks that are just no vocals, I mean, those tracks are actually difficult to carry to keep people interested because there's nothing there. There's no vocals to save you, right? Um, You you have to make the track constantly interesting. So it is a challenge, and it was a challenge when I went from hip-hop to dance music because um, I think hip-hop music is definitely evolving uh, the beats. but when I was coming up, uh, the tracks were very simple, right? They were effective, but they were simple. Where in electronic music, I don't think it always gets enough credit. Is there is so much production that has to go into the different transitions? You have, you know, you have your, you have your your beginning, your end, but it just has to change so much to keep the listener interested, especially when there's no vocals. Because if not, it just becomes boring and kind of like a loop.
1: I never thought of it like that where the collaboration becomes a little bit more difficult when there's no vocals. That's so true because you can change music during a vocal set versus if there's no vocals, you have to like slowly integrate it without it being disturbing. That is kind of messed up. Like, how do you do that? Like when you collaborate with another artist who's EDM, how would you mix together something that sounds so cohesive that it's a brand new sound, different from both of you, but something together, it sounds cohesive.
0: Yeah, I think I think the most important thing for uh, an artist, when you're trying to work with somebody, and this is what I look for, I use the term um, texture, vocal texture. You have to work with people who have the right vocal texture for your track. Uh, there there's been times where i've met artists that are just amazing but i know their vocal textures are not going to work with my sound palette and so i it kind of we kind of never end up working because it it just doesn't work so i always, nowadays i try to identify does this singer have the right vocal texture for my kind of track right now if it's for me then i know what I, i'm looking for and i know what texture I'm looking for if it's when I used to produce, and that's the thing, when you're a beat maker, you're just making like tracks, right? And then you're just hoping that somebody fits with the song. And sometimes, and a lot of times they don't, their vocal doesn't fit with it. It's just not right because you didn't make it for them. So when I when I meet artists or meet singers that I want collaborate, to collaborate with, I'm usually looking for their vocal texture and I can identify pretty quickly nowadays. Oh, even if they're not the best singer, their vocal texture is going to work with what I'm trying to do. And that's how I that's kind of my key code in making that work uh for me. Um that makes the process a little bit easier.
1: Oh, that must be nice to be able to just do it by ear. You're speaking to someone and you're like, "Yeah, that automatically clicks." Did, like how long did that take you to do like to get that skill?
0: It's hard to, to really pinpoint that, but I want to say at some point like around 20 I want to say like 2016, I really started really started developing that skill set, that natural skill set to hear someone sing even if it's a completely different kind of track and be like, oh, I think I can make that work with this that's in my mind because all my tracks are in my mind already. like a lot of times I wake up in the morning and there's a melody already. And then what I'll do is, is I'll, I'll jump on the keyboard, track the melody, or sometimes I'll hum it out and, like, save it on my phone, and then I'll come back to it. So I already have these melodies in my head, and when I hear a person, even if I hear somebody talk, I can almost tell, like, oh, that texture. Let me hear you sing. Oh, that works. Uh, but, yeah, 2016, I want to say is the time that I really started to hone in on that um, skill. When I worked with Beldina, um, she's on my track, Love Tonight, I think that was the first time where I I really got it right because I heard her on, like, an R&B track with uh, this artist named Young L. I think he was a part of this group from the Bay called The Pack, and she was on a track with him, and it was a completely different track. And I heard her voice, and I had the melody for Love Tonight in my head, and I heard it, and I was like, that's going to work. And when I played her for some of my friends, they were like, I don't know. And I was like, it's going to work. It, I, and that was the first time I got it right. And since then, I've been pretty spot on.
1: Now, have you found it to be easier to find talent now that uh, you're in San Francisco versus when you were in the Jersey, New York City scene?
0: It is a lot easier right now. I think I think the culture is different in San Francisco. So you got it's like a big city, right? It's a big city. Uh, it's a big, small city. And it's very walkable. And, you know, New York is very walkable, but it's a bigger, bigger city. Plus, the culture is so different. Everybody's, like, in a rat race, and everybody's, like, go, 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 go. So a lot of times, you won't, like, organically meet people the same way you'll meet people in San Francisco. It's a little bit slower, but it's still a city. It's still a big city, and it's very walkable. So you'll, like, run into people at the coffee shop, or people wear their style on them. And not that they don't in New York, but a lot of times you won't have the opportunity to, you know, even like connect because everybody's so go, 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 go. And that's one of the things I love about San Francisco and the Bay Area in general is I think people are just more chill and you're more prone to meet artists just like on the go. Um, So I, I like that. I just love the organic feel. And yeah, it has been a lot easier, actually. I've been meeting artists as I'm walking down the street and it's it's been so cool.
1: Yeah, that does sound like fun. Turn the corner. There's another artist. It's like, hey, let's do a collab. <laughs> but,
0: but there isn't a lot of artists, though. Like, I don't feel like I meet a lot of artists, but the artists I do meet, it's it, it just, I it guess it's easier to meet people, but the ratio of artists is a lot lower. There's a lot of people in tech here. And so you'll meet a lot of techies, but when you do meet an artist, it's like they're doing it like they're they're making they're trying to break in like hardcore and they're serious about it and they're ready to work and there's like no there's no bs it's like let like okay you're ready let's go and it's like let's go right like, <laughs> so that's what i like about it the energy's been great
1: so tell me about your latest track come back to me what was the process behind that one
0: i got some of the vocals i want to say in december and it started with just the vocals and me just like trying to envision in my head how these pieces go together and I mean the 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 original group is first choice you need to look them up and the the track I think is called let him go the original and it's very very different than what I did and I just I just tried to envision certain parts like how I would want them to sound and um, you know, I put together the vocals first in the order that I kind of wanted to hear them. So the way you hear them in the song, originally all you had was a click track and then you had the vocal with nothing else and trying to make that vocal flow with a click track, like no sound. And once I got that, then I was able to add like a drum pattern and then like some sounds. And now you got what you got eventually, you know, I mean, it's, probably simplify the process a lot more but a lot went into the track but um, that was kind of the initial process and i just got inspired by it as soon as i heard it you know i I wanted to do something with it and then getting the sample cleared and all that good stuff
1: I'm a little curious about the equipment that you use. And I think a lot of times it helps with the, a person understanding the process of making a track. Uh, like, what equipment do you use? Is it, like, just a piano? Do you just use your laptop? Like, what kind of software do you use in general?
0: So I use Logic Pro X. I used to use Pro Tools, but I just got into Logic Pro X. And I use a lot of the internal plugins in the Logic Pro um i use the eq the the standard eq on all my tracks i don't i used to have all these fancy plugins i just use the logic eq now like i can visually see things and it's very subtle um i use the wave ssl compressor the g compressor no the bus compressor i use that and those are really the only plugins i really use i have a reverb a lot of times, I use a lot of the stock stuff. To be honest with you, I've moved away from all the fancy stuff. And then my overall set of hardware-wise, I have an Apollo AP. Um, I have my MPC uh, Akai. I have the Live Akai Live. And then I have the I have a Moog like a Mini Moog Minotaur. It doesn't have any patches. Every time you turn it on, you have to create your own patch. So that's interesting. I, it's, a, it's a fat mono base, so it fits well in mixes. And then I have a Virus TI and a, a MIDI controller. And I have these little mini speakers that I use now. I don't even use big speakers anymore because these ones translate very well into the real world. And I found that they at my process is just sped up using these little tiny speakers that I have. And a Mac. And that's really it, you know? Real simple, simple but effective process.
1: Yeah, it is. You streamlined a lot. Man, I'm I have to ask though, is there any piece of equipment or, you know, even an instrument that you wish to incorporate one day into your setup? Ooh,
0: I mean, I want everything. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many cents I don't like to go to the music store no more because every time I walk in there, I want to walk out with half the stuff. I have a rule. like I don't go to the music store unless I absolutely need to because I want to walk out with a synth. I want another Moog. I want a Moog. I want, I want another drum machine. I want a Dave Smith drum machine. I want a Lynn drum. Man, there's a lot. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's a whole list of things that I want, but I've realized that streamlining things is better, also for sound. Like, I used to have, if you look at my old YouTube videos um, of me making beats, I was, like, surrounded by gear. Like, keyboards, I had a Yamaha motif, I had a Roland Phantom, I had, like, multiple drum machines, I was just, like, the the room was hot. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like crazy. In my grandma's house, like disturbing, literally disturbing the beast. Like, thank God for those neighbors because I, I don't know how they put up with me. I I was like making music all hours. And when I look back at them, I'm like, man, I'm surprised these people did not call the police on me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank God for those people.
1: <laughs> you must have been making great music. And they're like, just keep going, kid. Practice all you want. <laughs> I,
0: Maybe maybe that was it. So, yeah. Having a community that supports you is so important.
1: Before I let you go, are there anything that you're doing currently that you want to talk about? Any other upcoming EPs?
0: You know, I'm working on a six-track EP. Uh, It's a a techno project, but it's universal so that most people, even if they're not into techno, they'll like it or there's a place for them uh, within this project. And I just want to touch on real quick about that project. It's about my life. It's what I'm experiencing. And so is like come back to me. You know, these are like experiences that I'm having as I've been living here in the Bay and, and I'm just trying to like bring everything to life. And so, yeah, it's a six track techno EP and, I, and I'm and i excited to get it out. I have, I'm t- touching on some areas sonically that I have never touched on. And, um, and then after I drop that EP, I'm going to drop another single which is going to be kind of like house. That's it for now. I have other things working, but those are the immediate ones within the next two months. You'll, you'll be hearing for me.
1: Well, thank you so much for being with me. I really appreciate you being here. For those listening, where can they find more information about you and your music?
0: Yeah, you can follow me um, at The Indigo Child. Uh, at, that's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and then TikTok. I'm also, you know, same handle. And uh, I will definitely be posting more about my daily life on TikTok soon. I'm still wrapping my head around that app, uh, but it's definitely something I want to do. I I definitely want to show more about the day-to-day, but those are the places where you can find me mostly And Spotify, of course, Apple Music, you know, all the DSPs. So yeah, thank you for supporting.
1: This has been The Mason Vera Payne Show. Thanks for listening.